Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Tomasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Six times for the kids like me who got ADHD. Just a man trying to need a couple of hearses. Double homicide, kill the beat, and a verse. Everybody living on the surface. But we came from the underground. Yeah, we deserve what's beef. What's beef? Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. It is uh, another Sportscast Radio Weekend here. I am your host, Jordan Jiskra, waiting on my backup to arrive, so I'm hiding behind a cop car a la uh, uh, my man Carl Winslow in the Die Hard movies. Um, So we are, uh, obviously, we're going to be talking some NCAA college football, some NFL, uh, some MLB, some NBA, some boxing. I think we're actually going to have it literally all covered this weekend. Um, because that is what's popping. Um, I think we're going to lead off with our NCAA talk here. Obviously, big, big, big weekend in college football as we wind closer and closer and closer to the um, to the college football playoffs. Um, obviously, we know those rankings will be uh, let's see will be coming out uh, Tuesday. The coaches poll was released tonight, as long as it's the AP poll. Um, so we're going to get right into that. But first, but first, we have to welcome aboard, uh, better late than never, Mr. Elijah McNeil. Welcome to the show, Elijah McNeil. Hello, Jordan. <laughs> we meet again. <laughs> uh, how you doing tonight, Elijah? Man, I'm all right, I guess. <laughs> Tired. You got me. All, you got me all amped first. You're like, man, like you're about to cut promo, and then uh, you're like, I'm all right. I like that. All right. I like that. Tired. <laughs> got to work in the morning. Oh man, that's uh, that is definitely uh, something nobody should look forward to. I think uh, we need to go the European route and get the four day work week going. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna give you one of these just right now because I know we're gonna get into it and. Um, and uh, I got to be honest, I, I think I'm going to come to your side and see the light. There are some disappointing things. But first, we're going to drop one of these. You like that? You like that? All right. <laughs> All right. So, but, but before we get into NFL, like I said, we're going we're gonna to jump into that NCAA uh, college football talk. You watch any games this weekend, Elijah? Yeah, I watched the, I watched the Gophers. Now, um, I, I hear that's the, about the only one I had time for, but... Okay. That's okay. I hear the disappointment, and we should, there should be a little a little disappointment, but uh, I'm going to tell you why there's not. Um, I did some talking with, uh, with our colleague, Ryan Cook. Um, I'm looking at the AP poll. I'm, uh, I'm actually kind of a, a mild believer in regards to maybe his stance on things. Um, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, I, I'm not off, the, I'm not off the boat. I'm still rowing the boat. And it just, but I'll let you finish what you're going to say, but I like, I'm, it sucks they lost, but it's not the end of the world. So carry on. Yeah. We, you know, we'll, we'll lead it. We'll lead in with this one. We'll, we're going to start with the, we'll start with the Iowa, uh, the Iowa, Minnesota game. Uh, Iowa was the home favorite. The last eight games at Iowa have been decided by with Iowa being the victor and uh, this ninth game in a row being, uh, being the same. Um, Minnesota kept it close. Uh, you know, that first, that first half was definitely not something that, uh, that you wanted to see out of our team. We fell short with a lot of miscues, couldn't punch it in going into half, um, missed the big field goal early on. 
And uh, ultimately, uh, I, I think that those, that momentum piece uh, really left us hanging. However, uh, I'm going to go right away with the uh, with the the silver lining. Um, you know, they came out uh, second half, made lots of adjustments. Uh, they only allowed three points in the second half. Uh, otherwise, it was all Minnesota all day. Uh, what is your takeaway from this game? Just this game before talking into the playoffs stuff. What what did you like? What didn't you like? And uh, and uh, what do you think could have made the overall difference? Well, I didn't like, you know, obviously you don't like that they came out very flat in the first half and their defense almost looked like it did at the beginning of the year when they were, you know, in those like in those close games with some kind of iffy competition. But that being said, Iowa was favored in this game, I believe. And uh, home, home field, three points. Come coming off of a a big win, you know, as big as it was for the Gophers, and with all the emotion that went into it. I mean, I'm not surprised that there was a letdown because you put so much into that Penn State game. A lot of times, teams will win a gigantic game like that game last week and then come out the next week and lay a, lay an egg. It just happens sometimes. And that's essentially I was prepared for them to possibly lose. So I'm not mad at it, but I do like how they fought back in the second half. And essentially I feel like if Tyler Johnson catches that pass that he, like that he dropped when it was uh when they went for it for, on fourth or whatever, Yep, and they were in the red zone. I believe that play. if I believe that if he catches that pass and they end up scoring, then they probably win this game. And it's like not only his fault. Like they played really bad in the first half, but I do believe that that play was like the biggest momentum swing of the game, and that's kind of led to us not really being able to pull it out. But like I said, nice to see him play in the second half and it was, it was just a weird game because they were making a lot of big plays, like a lot of deep shots down the field and stuff. They just couldn't, weren't executing the greatest and like shot themselves in the foot a few times and stuff. So, so like I said, I'm not mad. I'm glad that they did kind of fight back and make it a game after being down like what, 20 to Three or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah 26. 26. So, I mean, there are some silver linings to be had from this game. Wish they would have won, but it's not the end of the world. And I'm not, and I'm still on PJ's boat. So, we're good. Yeah, I, uh, I too, am still on PJ's boat. Uh, your assessment's absolutely right. Definitely some big shots down. Um, some things that kind of glare to me, though, uh, statistically. Um, Tanner Morgan was 25 for 36, throwing the ball, 368 yards, a touchdown. Um, did uh, have a fumble, but did not lose the fumble. So I guess that's got to count for something. Um, the rushing was a little. Uh, I feel like we we rushed a little more than it was actually effective. I mean, obviously we gotta we gotta um, try to mix it up sometimes, but at the same time, if it's not working and and your passing is. I think you got to exploit that. Tanner Morgan being uh, yeah. unfortunately one of the problems there. Seven carries for minus 23 yards. Obviously, they get those big plays, but if you're going to start off the next one, um, maybe uh, you know second and long, uh, third and get to that third and long position where you know maybe you could have got something if you were if you were second and short. Um, those, those are those are those big plays that make the difference in, in the offense getting able to punch it in. Um, 
Did yeah, you know no, though no. that quarterbacks quarterbacks when they get sacked that goes against their rushing yards in college? Now, it, it, I was gonna say in college does it go against rushing or is it go against passing? I know I know it's always weird in, in the in both no, leagues there. No, when when they get sacked when, in college when you get sacked it takes away from your rushing yards. Mm. So that's why okay. he had like that's why he had minus how many yards? So. Twenty three, yeah. You know, and then, then that being said, obviously our offensive line, uh, you know, was also not doing um, as good a job holding it up. And in, you know, it's just one of those things where, again, you know, if you if you can't make the big play, if you're living die by it, you know, you got to figure it out. Um, but I'm going to get to the, the again more sunny side stuff here. Um, you know, we didn't again. The second half was great overall. We had the time of possession. Um, Nathan Stanley only passed for 173 yards. Uh, I think team wise, there may be 100. 30 yards rushing or so, and they didn't score like crazy. Again, only three points in that second half. Uh, amazing job by the defense in making the changes there. And if only we could get one more score on the board, um, obviously that, that being the, uh, the difference maker. Um, mm-hmm. get, get, getting into those polls really fast here, um, the AP for you know, the USA Today uh, came out and uh, has LSU at number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, Georgia number four. Uh, Bama number five, Oregon six, so no movement for Oregon. Utah seven, Oklahoma eight. After they beat uh, um, Baylor in a in nail biter. Um, oh, I watched that game actually. Sorry, yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, awesome game. So um, Baylor effectively uh, eliminated now from their, the uh, the playoff talk. Uh, Wisconsin uh, fourteen, Michigan twelve. Uh, Baylor went to thirteen. We come in at a number eleven uh, team ahead of us. Florida and Penn State's back ahead of us in the, in the, uh, the that poll there. Um, coaches poll has this in the exact same spot. Um, number eleven with Penn State at the number nine. Florida in between us. Um, so looking at the uh, the teams still under you know the the X and ones. Um, you know what I mean and um, and we're going to assume we're going to win out. Okay. So that's going to mean we're going to beat uh, Ohio. Let's let, no, not going to say we're going to win out and get to the big 10 championship game where that's where we're at right now. Okay. So we're in the mm-hmm. big 10 championship game. LSU is in the uh, sec game. Georgia's uh, does Georgia play Alabama or has that already happened? Uh, yeah, they have, I think I can't remember. I know they ju- they just played Auburn. Yeah, and that was a, and they won a close one there, and they got the job done. Um, what is your schedule, oh, man? Uh, because that's that's the wrench right there. Is is the Alabama? I think is the wrench in the in that potential fourth spot for uh, for Minnesota. Um, let's see. They haven't Georgia. played yet this year. I don't think. No. Doesn't look George. Good. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, they play. Oh, actually, yeah, they don't play. So they're they're going to be. So they and actually they, they won't play each other. So it doesn't matter. So so Georgia stays undefeated. Goes into, into the uh, the SEC title game against LSU. They're both going to be there. Um, Ohio State against Minnesota in the Big Ten. You got Clemson who gets whoever they're going to beat up on in the uh, ACC, and then. Um, you got Oregon in the Pac-12 game. So, Alabama, again, out, outside of that range, 
um, not in a championship game out of all these teams that we just discussed now. Um, what, what happens where Minnesota gets in or Minnesota gets screwed? Okay. If we base it strictly on these rankings, LSU is number one, Ohio State two, Clemson is three, Georgia is four. So LSU plays Georgia in the SEC championship game. One of them is out. We're going to say the better team wins, and it's LSU. So that opens up the four slot. Correct? Mm-hmm. All right. We beat Ohio State. That opens up the two spot um, for, for us getting a quality win. Um, we're probably sitting close. I mean, these, these rankings could potentially unchange for the next two weeks, which, which would be pretty damn amazing. Um, yeah. You know, so Ohio State's out. Clemson wins. Georgia's out. So then would your automatic, would you go, do we, do we get in by merit, um, assuming these rankings, just, let's just say they stay the same because everyone wins out from here on out. Um, do we get in? Just beating the number two team, I think or if they or does out. a team like Alabama does a team like Alabama squeak in there on name recognition? Um, we'll assume the winner of the Pac-12 gets in uh, on on uh, on Georgia slot for sure. So Pac-12 is in, um, Clemson, LSU. Those are your three automatics. You got one spot left. Is uh, is it going to be Alabama, Minnesota? Um, does the Big 12 team sneak in there like Oklahoma? What, what happens uh, assuming these teams win? It's the NCAA. They're gonna they're gonna go with the big the big dog, and they're gonna put it. They would put Alabama in over us. I would I would think. Even if we beat the number two consensus team in our in our conference game, I, I just I just I, I, I here's the thing is I kind of believe you. I'm I'm on your on yours on that thing there. And, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, what, it, what, again, it's the committee, right? You know, yeah. uh, as much as we like these polls, these polls don't matter um, once the committee gets in there. So do you, you think that the committee is going to say, uh, sorry, Minnesota, you're a cute story, but we want a football game. So we're going to bring in, we're going to, we're going to bring in Alabama. We're going to bring in the big ratings for, uh, for the South there. Is that, is that what's going on? Yep. Most definitely. Uh. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think I think happening. maybe if they would have maybe if they would have won this game, and they went out and they're undefeated, then I think they kind of ha- like I don't think you. Oh yeah. Can deny? I don't think you can. I don't think you can die, deny Minnesota if they're undefeated, but no, they lost. Yeah, if they were if they were so. undefeated. Oh, so yeah, if you if they're undefeated, they're, they I would I would one hundred percent they would be a lock to make it in the playoffs, a hundred percent lock. And, and I, I, you know, I, there's a tiny piece of me that still likes it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, yeah. I agree, man. I, 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 I think, I think the NCAA, uh, the, the money that is, I feel like they would screw that up or, you know, and, and, and not give it to the team from the North. They'd give it to the team to the South. Um, another weird, you know, again, uh, that's just assuming, you know, the, the things that go status quo here. And then, and then again, what happens to if, if Georgia wins and then that, you know, I mean, if Georgia wins, that means they're swapping places. LSU is definitely dropping. Uh, they got to drop out of the playoff if you lose. Right. But yeah. do they drop above Alabama where they get a, you know, that, that late loss doesn't matter because it didn't happen during the quote unquote regular season or see, you know, there's, there's all these weird little nuances and tweaks that could happen here. And, and I'm really curious to see it. I mentioned to Ryan, I said, you know, I, I would love somebody to dust off the BCS computers and tell me where the Gophers are actually ranked based on that. Uh, because, 
<laughs> he he about vomited. Uh, but I, I would be curious to know on the very least on the way those calculations would work. Um, obviously, Gophers remaining games uh, down in Evanston against Northwestern and uh, and then closing out the season at home, uh, trying to keep the ax for uh, the second consecutive year against the rival Wisconsin Badgers, who also won this week. Uh, do you think do you think do you think they can do that? Can they can they clinch the the, the Big Ten West? I think they can, yes. Do you I have think faith. do you think if they clinch the Big Ten West they can actually beat Ohio State? Oh man, I don't know. That's, that's if you put a, percent, one, a percentage on it, give me a percentage of uh, the chance that they beat them. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that there's not a 0% chance. There's no way anybody can say there is no way. No. You know, there's nobody that can say definitively there is no way they would ever beat them. I think you got about a 25, 30% chance to beat Ohio State. That's respectable. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I'm sure if it comes down to that, it'll probably be a two, a two and a half score uh, spread at the very least. Um, so uh, let's see other big things this weekend. Obviously, uh, oh, I was going to say, speaking of Alabama, this is why Alabama is a perfect situation of why NCAA players should get some kind of compensation. Absolutely. I was just leading into this. Go ahead, sir. You, okay, you sorry. Out. No, you're, you're, just you're, say, you're jumping right in right at the right time, and I love it. Let's let's hear it, man. I, I want to hear this take. I'm just, man, like, the NCAA, like, they, they, like, have almost, like, ownership of these kids, and they use their likenesses. Yeah, sure, they give them a free education, but they can take that scholarship away from them any time they want to. And it's just, it's it's bullshit that, this guy is Tua. I mean, yeah, he said that ultimately, you know, yeah, I'll play, but I'm sure Saban wasn't like saying to him, now, if you want to sit out, it's it's okay, you know. Like, I'm sure Saban was like <laughs> pressuring him to play. And like, he goes out and he's been playing hurt all year. And he's yeah. been affecting his draft stock. He's been affecting his draft stock all year and he's been hurt all year. He goes, didn't he come back just recently after having surgery on his ankle too? Yeah, that last like, uh, that, that game against yeah. LSU, he had 20 days removed from surgery. And, I mean, this kid is going out there and putting it on the line, and he should not be playing, and he goes out and dislocates his hip, and his career is, like, now in question, like, going forward. Dude yeah, that was yeah. looking to be like one of the top five draft picks in the NFL draft this year. And yeah. he, what does he get out of this? Like, uh, inexperience. He got life experience, I think is what the, uh, the NCAA says. Um, yeah, you're absolutely like right. Saban is uh, Saban is so dumb for playing this kid. I just, I don't get their team is so talented that they could Breast him until the playoffs or whenever. Like they don't, they didn't need to play him this week. Yeah, I'm just and his stock was set. He he could have got another another rest. You know what I mean? Like yeah, absolutely. I, I I get what you're saying and I agree. 
There, there's, there's almost no reason, especially given the fact that I believe they had a lead, you know, before this even happened. They won the game 38-7 over Mississippi State. Um, that had two players actually um, carted off. Obviously, uh, Tua ended up being, uh, you know, transported to a nearby hospital for his, uh, for his hip injury, and actually he's going to have hip surgery tomorrow um, after being evaluated in Houston. Um, this is the Bo Jackson but, injury. Like, essentially, it's the Bo Jackson, like the Bo Jackson hip injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, it's 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 crazy. I mean, we obviously hope our medical uh, our medical progress has done some well, and, and and certainly wish well for the kid. But I absolutely agree with you, man. You got it. The kid's got it. The kid's got to get some love. Um, and I really hope, uh, obviously. Uh, what it's whatever his timetable is that it allows him to, um, you know, get an opportunity to, to be properly evaluated by these teams. So to see if he can, he can make the cut. And I just, people, people get mad at players like Leonard for Leonard Fournette for deciding like, you know, screw this. I got, I've given the university enough. I got bigger things to worry about now. And I don't want to get injured in a meaningless bowl game. Like I don't, I don't get why people can't understand why these players do these sort of things. And it's like, like they should be getting something out of this because the NCAA makes money off of playing for them and their likenesses. And they just, I think they deserve, they deserve more than just a scholarship from the, from the university. And it's apparent that this is like just another reason why this is um so my rant's over i'm sorry you can speak on it but i saw no, that and I was like, what what the hell man like nope i i think you me and uh you me and, and the uh kgb all agree hey, that's me and his money so uh <laughs> you know like that's i mean that's just that's just where we're at it, it's you know they're they, they're starting to make their changes. California put the law in, et cetera. Um, we'll see how it progresses as the uh, as it as it goes on here. Um, progressing forward, also obviously we had a full slate of NFL games, and when you're trying to get to that next level, um, we touched on it with the you like that uh, that you like that SoundCloud to start. We're gonna lead with our Vikings, just like we exited, uh, so to speak, with uh, granted it was Alabama by way of Minnesota. What do you, what do you got uh, on the Vikings play today, buddy? Honestly. Skipped out on this game, man. Like once they got down, <laughs> once they got down seventeen nothing, I just so I'm just I'm getting like I'm getting frustrated with the Vikings. Like the Kansas City loss, like really, like just put me in a bad mood. And last week's game, where they got the win, but it just it wasn't great. Like I'm just out and. And it's not only the Vikings too. I'm just. I think I'm just. I'm getting starting to get sick of the NFL. Just all the like, all the crap that's going on with how Colin Kaepernick's kind of got. They tried to screw him over at the last minute. Um, how there's just always double standards in the league with how they punish white players versus black players with the whole Miles Garrett situation. Just there's just I like I'm just. Honestly, I needed to take a break from the NFL this week, and I kind of kept tabs like on ESPN with like a game cast, but I didn't really watch the game that much just because of uh, NFL is pissing me off. Like I'm seriously thinking about 
calling her quits on the NFL. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you about the game real quick here. Uh, obviously, the Vikings, like you said, you went down not only 17, they went uh, down 20 points at halftime. Um and they, they showed a wicked sick stat coming in uh, that, uh, you know, over the last five years, 99 teams have, uh, have gone down 20 points and uh, none of them have came back to win. Uh, and that was until today. Uh, obviously, a tale of two halves, very similarly to the, uh, to the, to, to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, down to, uh, you know, essentially uh, four scores with uh, – with the half there and then uh, only give up three points the entire second half to the Denver Broncos, um, you know, uh, with a almost seemingly flawless uh, performance by Kirk Cousins, 29 for 35, 319 yards in a trio of touchdowns. Uh, pretty much uh, nothing he could do, nothing wrong. Targeted uh, uh, Stefan Diggs plenty of times, five receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Um, actually you had, uh, four players with five receptions, which is kind of crazy to think about that just on its own. Um, good productivity out of, uh, out of, um, pardon me, out of the, uh, out of special teams, you know, Amir Abdullah getting, uh, some good re- returns out of those punts, uh, or kick returns rather. Um, which is always nice to see when you, when you're actually taking that ball out of there. Uh, Dalvin Cook, a little light today, but uh, 11 carries, 26 yards, but he still got a touchdown on the ground. Again, the team did it all in the second half, scoring uh, 27 points. Uh, The defense, however, was a cause for concern. Um, Though the Broncos were not particularly great on third down, they were a perfect, uh, I believe, uh, three for three, uh, including going two for two on that final drive where it literally took a red zone stop at the last play to win the game for the Vikings. Uh, Defense, uh, Obviously turned it up on the second half, but but still uh, showed a lot of porousness. Uh, do you think this team, uh, you know, we're coming close to the final stretch here for the final games. Do you think this team has enough to make any sort of playoff run um, when you're looking at some of the uh, NFC powerhouses? I do, because their offense is pretty good. I watch, like So I watch highlights of the game, and... Um, their defense is just not what it used to be for some reason. I think a lot of it has to do with their defensive backs. Um, Rhodes, like, is – Rhodes probably needs to be benched. Like, it's getting to that point. He's so pedestrian now. He can't cover anyone. Like, and, I mean, they were missing Harris. Zendejo's back. They, um, Trey Wayne is just coming back from injury. Um, they are missing Linball Joseph, which is kind of big, big for them. So I mean, their defense isn't fully healthy, but I mean to come in to have the Broncos come in and do what they did with their backup quarterback at home is kind of alarming for the defense. And it's weird because if you look at the the stats. Allen wasn't that impressive. Like he, his completion percentage was under fifty percent, I believe, and he didn't have a ton of yards, if I remember correctly. But they just couldn't stop him at key moments when they needed stops on like third down. And it seemed like, and I don't even know how many fourth downs they converted this game. It has to be a record for how many times they converted on fourth 
fourth fourth fourth down like I haven't I haven't seen that what they convert like four fourth downs or something. Yeah, they they did three for sure, um, and then um, yeah, it, it was definitely because uh, I mean to, if you look at if you look at his numbers, seventeen for thirty nine, two hundred and forty yards, yeah. a touchdown, and interception, not, not great. great. I mean, Lindsey had six seven yards, four point two average, which is okay. Freeman added another thirty one on a three point nine, so I mean it wasn't. Like the stats don't look that impressive. Sutton had a good game, obviously. It was like torching yeah. roads, but I just man, they just couldn't uh, get stops when they needed them until like Sutton the all- final, the final stop. Sutton also a uh, yeah. Sutton also one for one when it came down to the uh, to the passing with a, a nice uh, thirty-eight yard pass in the game. Also, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Um, yeah, you know, again, it's it's definitely, I, I agree, cause for concern. When teams are allowed to drive, ultimately, yes, they didn't break on it, but when they're allowed to drive, it's definitely going to be a um, a problem, especially when you're going against these teams that can uh, that are known with clutch players. I mean, look at, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, or, I mean, God forbid we make the playoffs. I mean, what's going to happen if we play against the Patriots or, or even the Chiefs when they do have their weaponry? I mean, I, you know, like, I mean, the, you know, or guy, the Ravens? I, I mean, do we think we have a Lamar Jackson-proof defense? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, Lamar Jackson killed it today, uh, beating uh, the Ravens uh, or beating the Texans uh, 41-7 with, uh, with a, a smorgasbord of um, – of output, 17 for 24, 222 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, that's pretty damn good. Um, even Gus Edwards getting in the action, eight carries for I'm 112 you, yards. All that, all, all he, all Jackson really needed to do was work on his, work on like his the little like mechanics and stuff that he needed to work on. Because I watched him a lot in college, and like there were times where he'd nail throws. And there are times where he'd be off on throws, and a lot of it just had to do with his, like his footwork and stuff. Like I, I don't understand. I didn't. I don't understand how people were so down on him coming out in the draft, saying that he wouldn't be able to like hack it as an NFL like passer. And I, he's to me, he's already a better passer than Vic was at at like their stage in their career. Because Vic Ooh. became a pretty good pass. Vic became a pretty good passer like later on in his career, like in his Philadelphia days. But when Vic first started, he was not. He was. He could not throw. He couldn't throw the ball like Lamar Jackson can. I think he had one. One season, like early on, where he threw like twenty touchdowns before he went to prison, if I remember correctly. So like Vic was. Vic didn't really become a a, a good passer until until he, like, kind of blew up with Philadelphia when it came to throwing the ball. So, like, already I feel Lamar Jackson is already a better better passer than Vic. He probably doesn't have as strong an arm as Vic, but I think he throws the ball better and can pass better than Vic at this stage, at their stages of their careers. So second year in, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, and, and I'm, not even, I'm not even dogging your take. I actually like the take. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, if I can just pull up what we're looking at for the, if he finishes the second year. Um, so NFL RF Mike Vick, uh, this is, this is going to be an interesting comparison. 
Um, I like it a lot. Oh, man. So, Michael Vick. Michael Vick, Michael Vick. All right. Making me do the math now. Um, So, let's see. First year in. Uh, First year in, Lamar played, uh, let's see, started seven games. Uh, he was uh, oddly enough six and one with his quarterback record when he started those seven games. So already uh, apparently making a difference from the jump. Uh, completion percentage fifty eight point two twelve twelve hundred yards and six touchdowns with a two to one interception touchdown ratio. Not bad, young fella. Not bad at all. Um, let's see. So he did play. Wow, man. Mike Vick was definitely a little, uh, he only started two games in that rookie year. Uh, but, uh, gosh, that second year, that second year is a big difference maker, right? Uh, he did, uh, start 15 of the games, uh, with an eight and six record, uh, 54% completion percentage. Uh, he had 2,900 yards, uh, 16 touchdowns. So a two to one touchdown ratio right there. Uh, obviously with, um, with this many games left, obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson's looking so easily at Clips' yardage, um, which is going to be a, a good gimmick there. Uh, I'd be, I, gosh, I think you, but I think you're right. Just, just on straight merit, uh, everything well, he's I mean, doing. Look, he's look, showing... look at, look at these other, look at these, uh, look, so he had 16 and eight. He got injured the next year. When, that's when he broke his leg, I believe when he only had yep. four and three, but yep. I mean, so like next year, 2,300 yards, 56% passer rating, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yeah. Next year, 55, 2,400 yards, 15 and 13 for touchdowns. And this, like this year, the next year is the year, the year that he, like after that football season, he went to prison. He passed 52% completion percentage, tw- like 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Like, yeah. I I think Lamar Jackson is going to right now he's might even eclipse Michael Vick's best passing season like this year which was the year in Philly where he had like 62% for completion percentage 3000 yards 21 interception 21 touchdowns and six interceptions I think yeah. Lamar Jackson has a ch- chance to eclipse that season that was like Vick's best passing year yeah, and this yeah, is, no, you're, so I there's nothing I can say to that. You're you're absolutely right. I you know I in my and I guess it, you know I think I feel like Madden's ruined Michael Vick for all of us. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because he was, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh, he's got that Mike Vick speed, y'all. You know what I mean? Like I I I think um, you know there's this there's this weird feeling that the dude was just suddenly godlike whenever he got on the field, but. Uh, yes, he was a great rusher. He had some explosive plays, but man, he definitely cannot sling it like Lamar Jackson. And you were absolutely right. He's easily going to eclipse that. Uh, and if, you know, as I mean, he's looking at a potential MVP year, I like the way that he's leading this team. Yeah. He's what I like, I don't know. I just, I just formed, I kind of like just thinking about that. I'm like, Everyone compares everyone compares the two. And like honestly, I think Lamar Jackson might be a better passer, right? Like Lamar Jackson's probably a better passer. I mean he definitely was a better passer in college. Even though people hated on his passing in college, he still was a pretty good passer in college. But 
Yeah. I digress. I digest. Um, yeah, no, uh, Lamar Jackson getting a lot of love from his teammates uh, post-press conference. Also, um, as uh, Mark Ingram uh, got on stage and said uh, he is an MVP, uh, should be an MVP candidate, and if you got a problem with that, to come see him. Um, and, and he said, for real, and let people know, if you want to see a good 12-second clip, uh, find that one, because uh, it was one of the most hype, hype man things I have ever seen. Uh, I almost wanted him to just say, like, I, I low-key expected 50 sentence jump out and just say, you know, like, just to, just to get it going. Um, the G unit. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. He was going to go G unit on it. Um, Lamar unit, I guess. Uh, yeah, they, you know, they're definitely looking good. Um, I, you touched on it with your, your little little mini rant in the beginning there. Uh, you know, Thursday night was obviously the big kerfuffle, though. Uh, a rivalry in division game, uh, actually speaking of the same division there. Uh, you had the Cleveland Browns against Pittsburgh Steelers, and it ended in a uh, quite the fracas um, with that ultimately ends with Miles Garrett get uh, suspended uh, for the rest of the season uh, and nothing happening to the quarterback who, um, I got to be honest, I'm with you. I think, I think there's definitely should have been a suspension. Um, and, uh, the court and lots of people are still, still calling for it because something should have happened things, to Rudolph. Like, two things occurred. Just... Sorry. Two things sorry, occurred sorry, sorry, that sorry. made it's all good. Two things that occurred that made me, that make me believe this. And one is the fact that after he got laid down to the ground, he's the one that instigated the helmet taking off to begin with. That's my first stretch. Yep. My second stretch is after the helmet was removed and Miles Garrett was taken away by the other two uh, uh, teammates of Rudolph's, that Rudolph took it upon himself to go and approach at this point. So, you know, I, I, again, he, he went out of his way once he, uh, Garrett was already being taken away from the play. So I have a problem with that. Uh, and, and, again, I think, uh, again, certainly, obviously, we, we cannot deny swinging a helmet at, at somebody's head, uh, swinging a helmet at somebody's head who is not wearing a helmet, um, I'm going to say safe. It's that's not good. Not like, it's, I'm fine. It's I'm fine choice. with Garrett. I'm fine deserves, with Garrett being suspended. To be suspended. Yes, he, he does definitely. To be, I'm fine with him. I'm fine with him being suspended. But, but Rudolph not being suspended is truly a problem here. And, and again, uh, I you know I and and I'm not I'm not going to play ignorant. Uh, but I'm at the same time uh, in regards to the race thing, but I, I, I'm going to say that it's factual that there is a disparity um, in how these two were uh, definitely suspended uh, or at least how they were looked at right away. So uh, going forward, um, you forgot you about know, the, about, you for, also forgot about uh, what's, um, what's Rudolph uh, kicking him in the nuts too. So here's, here's my one qualm with that one here. Here's my, and here's where I, 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 at that point, if I remember right, that Rudolph is getting his helmet ripped off of him. So, so that's, that's where my, that, you know, like, it's kind of like Rudolph instigated it, but then Garrett escalated it and then Rudolph re-escalated it. Like it, you know, the, the two were definitely uh, at, at a fever pitch and that, that part, that's the only reason I didn't point that out is because. Uh, because as you know, his helmet's getting ripped off, which whatever, he still got taken away from the play. He didn't swing instantaneously. You know, the kick in the nuts at that point. Now you're just trying to separate yourself when the guy's yanking your neck. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one a squash. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna okay. get mad at I'm not gonna get mad at Garrett for taking the helmet off because again he was doing that in retaliation. But I'm also not gonna get mad at the dude trying to protect himself and, and throwing the kick in the nuts. I'm, I'm gonna call that one a squash. But I acknowledge it. I definitely acknowledge it. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's definitely a weird, it's a weird situation and, it, and it's a poor decision by the NFL. And, and I think it's poor uh, blindness for, for people not to acknowledge that, that both, both these guys did have a hand in the pot in regards to uh, how this thing went down. Um, and, and I think it's, uh, I think it's shameful that, Maybe uh, maybe Garrett doesn't take a little acknowledgement of his of his own doing or not Garrett. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Rudolph doesn't take a little more acknowledgement of his own actions that definitely had a play in how this turned out. Um, forget the loss, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, you got to own up to some of your decisions uh, as as we expect people to do, especially if you're going to be a quarterback uh, in in this league where you're you're supposed to be the leader. Uh, but yeah, Garrett, you know, I'm not I. I, I I agree he should be suspended. I think there's a lot of weirdness to this one, and I think um, we obviously still haven't heard the end of it with some of these um, some of these uh, maybe uh, appeals etc. to go through. <clears throat> and uh, you know what sucks about that is that game was literally meaningless because both those teams are garbage this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're I mean they're they're fighting for 500 spots. They're 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 not. I, whatever. You know, garbage is going to be garbage, I guess. That's the other thing, right? If if you're garbage, you're going to be garbage. 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 You know, I think there's a button for that. It's like a little something like garbage is trash. That's right. It's trash. There we go. (laughs) Damn trash. Trash is trash. Trash is trash, man. Um, ah, what else we got on the arrow? I mean, you know, speaking of controversies, uh, I was going to take a hard line take just to annoy Ryan on this one. Um, I have, I have since, since watched the, the evidence and I've come to the conclusion that the Astros are a bunch of damn cheaters. Uh, you know, I want, I, I wanted, I wanted to come out here and say, I wanted to come out here and say, ah, the Dodgers. The Dodgers got nothing to nothing to do about it. But then I'm looking at the stats and I'm looking at I mean even this year's playoffs at home with there's the banging and there's the whistles against the Yankees and and there's lots of really weird question marks that that I I and then you got the executives somebody saying that they you know executives said let's let's go out of our way to make this happen. I'm I'm definitely perplexed. Um, I I'm not sure if I. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say nope. We're not. We're going to take the title away. I, 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 it's, it's weird. I don't know. I and and here's here's why. Here's my one, my one counter, um, in regards to to the the whole shenanigan. Um, actually, before I give my counter, do you have any talks on this? Because I'm curious to see if if you have uh, any any different take. Um, I'll, I'll because I have, I have one one mild thought. And, and, and I haven't and I really, still might get I haven't really paid attention. I kind of checked out from baseball. Like I usually, I usually check out the Twins either like make the postseason and don't make a run, or you know if they're out of the playoffs after the regular season's over, I kind of check out. But so I haven't like really deep dived into anything. But it sounds like some Spygate type shit is going it's on. Excellent. Next level Spygate. I mean, they they might as well have been like, uh, uh, you, you know, having a guy out in the stands uh, flagging. You know what I mean? Like doing like Morse code with like flags, uh, telling them this is the way that it's located. Yeah, like at this point, like so. Here's the thing: there's videos online where, um, and and there's a couple. Uh, I'll I'll have to tweet them out later to you. Um, 
but essentially you have uh, the the count shows it. It'll tell you the count. It'll tell you what the pitch is going to be, and it'll tell you what to listen for. And so, like on a slider, it's just like a single bang. It's just like bang, and you hear it. And all of a sudden, dude like lays off it. And then, like on a changeup, it's two bangs. And then on a fastball, there's no bangs. And it's 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 amazing because it threw they threw two sliders, two um, they threw two sliders and two um, changeups, and and both those things occurred each time. So it was a single bang wow. for a slider, two bangs for a change up, two bangs for a change up, single bang for a slider. And then when that was a two, two count, there was, it was a, just a fastball and there was no, uh, there was no noise. And then during a Yankees game, there's like this really weird whistle. And it's like, and it, like it occurs, I think on the change ups where it's like kind of like a weird, like, or no, on the sliders, it goes <laughs> like kind of like a trailing. You know what I mean? Like oh. it's really weird. Like so, I don't know. I, I can't. How are they I, able to I, figure this out? Uh, that's that's the that's the main question. Like if if they were able so, to get this information, like without. So they're they're like, they're they're recording without, or like, stealing. They're they're relaying okay. it somehow. That's the thing. Is is it so that and that's how they're relaying it. So the team knows. Okay, do you say, before the game. Do you before say the though, game, I say. You, I say to the do team. You say though, like. like Go ahead. Sorry. So, but before the game, I'm telling you, I said, all right, if, if you hear nothing, it's a fastball. If you hear a bang, it's a changeup. If you hear two bangs, it's a slider. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're yeah. not going to get directions. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the weird thing unless they're, but you're, then you're, then you're kind of just peripheral visioning the catcher, right? You're trying to figure out where he's, you're listening for his step down or feeling for it or whatever. I don't know. But, but is, um, is this a situation where you're like, you know, hide your signs better or, make sure like that the Astros aren't able to like see what you're doing. Cause I mean, I, I like, it could be one of those gray areas where it's like very Bush league and very like borderline, but could it really be so, considered? That's, I'm, that's the, what, I'm just asking the question. I don't know. Cause I yeah. don't know enough so about here, it, but I'm just kind of asking. I looked up a little bit. So here's, here's one of the rules is you can, you can absolutely have a person sitting in the outfield. You can have a staff member sitting in the outfield with a, um, with a binocular. They can mark all the pitches they want, but what you can't do apparently is relay it to the team in live. And, and it okay. seems like that, that might actually be a thing. So, um, so that being said, um, so here's, that being said, I'm going to get into my, my mild take for, for the Dodgers 2017 for our, for our lone Dodger fan on the show. Um, and, and that's, you had home field. Okay. The Dodgers had home field. They, they, they won game one. They lost game two. They even, uh, they lost what three consecutive uh, on the road. Um, two of them being less than two scores. Uh, I mean, you know, for having the pitches, they didn't get blown out of the water. There's one game where 13 runs were given up, but, but other than that, it was five runs. And actually they won the third, they actually won the second game. They were six, they won six to two. So even having the pitches, they won a game on the road, even having the pitches. All right. So you're, you're up. Two wow. Two. All right. You yep. go back, you go back home for game fives and six, right? 
Because mm-hmm. it's a two-three-two series. You go back home. You went. You just you ended up tying the series back up because uh, yeah. it, gets, it ends up going three-three. So there you go. You're you're up three-three with one game to go. And where is it? It's at, it's at home. There's no sign ceiling at home. They don't have video there. You know they don't have control of the of, of the grounds. So so what's the excuse? You know what I mean? Like if 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 you handle business at home, and obviously we just saw a World Series where nobody could handle business at home, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, at the end of the day, you still got to play these games. And sign stealing or not, obviously they proved that you beat them on the road. So obviously they're beatable even with even with that. You know, your yep. your your talent's got to win out, and that's what it comes down to. You got to you got to execute, knowing or not. You know what I mean? If you got the talents that you have, when you have a multiple Cy Young winner. Uh, now he's a multiple MVP winner. Yeah. You know, like I mean, what 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 what's the team to do? So so I will allow I, I will allow it. I will say they they factually cheated at this point. It, it, Patriots level Patriots level extinction. P, the PLE featuring Buster Rhymes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Like the Astros are are now my team to hate. I'm I'm going to join the hate wagon at the very least because I don't like that. I, I if you're going to cheat, if you're going to see the steal signs in games, you know, like if you had a runner on second and and you're signaling or whatever, I, I'm fine with that. But mm-hmm. don't 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 use your grounds and your home field and your it, it, oh here's the other stat that you really got to look up. Look up their strikeout to bases on balls percentage, like as a team. It's it's tremendous. Like they they they're they're god tier when it comes to cheating. Like they almost might make the Patriots look look uh, look like a bush league cheating team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Like the number of times they got caught. You know what I mean? Like when you look at this stat, like like it's crazy. Like and like when you compare it to league averages, they're like they're like four points lower or something crazy. Like it's it's absurd. So Belichick yeah, has been unseated. I I I almost feel like. I feel like this is next level. I, I really do. I feel like, I feel like they like obviously the spy gate for, for the Patriots didn't work. You know, they, they got caught before everything went down. Like, I, Jeez. I don't know. I, you know, like, are we going to have to start calling the Houston Astros, the Houston Asterix? Uh, oh, I like it. The Houston Asterix. Whoa. Jeez. I'm just asking. Uh, no, that's 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 really good. Whoa, you over there just giving it to him, leveling up over here. The Houston Asterisks. Yikes, man. Houston Asterisks. Man, yeah, yeah, you might be right. I, but yeah, I, my, that's my again. My only one take was get it done at home. Yeah, you had the last chance. Um. Wow, that's uh, that's I can't I can't even I, I, I there's there's not much to, there's literally nothing you can say to that as far as it goes it's reprehensible like win the game win the game on your own yeah don't cheat um other news uh, Los Angeles Angels hire uh, former uh, obviously uh, winning coach Joe Madden uh, obviously it was, it was something that. Uh, pretty much everyone and their mother could telegraph, and uh, Ryan talked about it early on in the year. Uh, I echo it. I think he's got a, a great amount of talent. He gets to coach one of the best players in the league, and in, uh, in Mike Trout, um, Shohei Otani. Uh, 
certainly an embarrassment of riches there. If you can't get it done or doesn't make some sort of improvements, then I don't know. What's uh, what the hell's the point? Um, Mike Trout's got to be the loneliest baseball player in the major leagues. <laughs> Why is that? I, I, I got to hear this. Just because he's so just because he's so good and he doesn't have like a ton around him. Like they had a little pool host. Dude's like, come on, man. <laughs> I can hear the disappointment. Uh, I'm gonna give myself this. I deserve this. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was not uh, not a good not a good attempt. Obviously, it's not the it's not the pool host of old. I get it. Shohei Otani though. Obviously, you got a cool isn't, one too. Isn't he hurt though? Like, isn't he always hurt? Wasn't he hurt again this year? Yeah, he was still batting. He didn't. He didn't pitch though. Yeah, I man, I just Mike Trout's like one of those guys that's just generational talent. Just for some reason, the team the the team he's on just is never any good, and it doesn't seem like the front offices the front office ever makes the right decisions. And I don't know. He might go down as one of the greatest players in any sport to never win a title. Ooh, yeah, already looking that way to be honest, and uh, uh, especially given the fact that they're in the same same division as the Astros. <laughs> what, what's up with what, what's up with the what's up with the Angels and having uh, their best players named after fish? Yeah, Mike Trout, and then like Tim Salmon. I uh, you're on it tonight, Eliza. I can't. I like. I'm not even expecting this. I, I don't know. How, I don't know where this is coming from. But uh, you're on your A game. Uh, you're you're <laughs> you're killing me. Um, other news. I think Mookie Betts going to test the <laughs> test the free agency market from the Chicago Red Sox. Um, certainly looking to become possibly the next 300 millionaire. Um, and let's see. Then you uh, also had uh, in in local news Odorizzi accepting his uh, qualifying offer from the Twins. So we'll uh, we'll have Barrios and Odorizzi for sure as a one-two uh, punch um, for going into next season. Uh, do you think uh, we make we make a uh, make a play for anybody uh, worth note in pitching land, or uh, or are we going to um, not uh, not get anything done? I don't know, man. It's the Twins. I've... <laughs> I'm like I've come to the point where I'm just not even gonna try and predict what they're gonna do in the off season, just because you think they're gonna do something and they don't. So I I don't know, man. Like we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. But yeah, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll find Cole. maybe they'll find a good guy in the cheap or something, like they always like try to do. I don't know. So so we're not gonna make a play at Garrett Cole or uh, or Steven Strasburg. I don't, I don't, it's not really, it's not really in there. I mean, we, we did make a play at what's his face. The, the, um, Asian pitcher, oh, but we Darvish. wouldn't give him. Yeah. Oh, Darvish, no, uh, but we no, it was Darvish. Uh, but we wouldn't give him, we wouldn't give him the extra, the extra year that he wanted or whatever. So, um, I mean, we could, it could be one of those things where it's like, I'll just throw an offer out there just to appease people to make it look like we're serious. So, I don't know. We'll see yeah, what happens. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's certainly a cute gimmick. Uh, I would like to, uh, I would like to say that we're, uh, you know, we're contenders in that aspect. But I think, uh, I think, I think, I think, as far as Minnesota's I, outside the Gophers, I still, ha- I who, I, who I'm currently still emotionally invested in, and uh, and obviously am, uh, am, am going to ride until they, until they eventually set this, uh, this boat on fire while we're all still in it. Um, that uh that we uh that we're going to be Minnesota teams when it comes to the uh the Vikings and uh Twins so they'll they'll certainly let us down eventually at some point um so speaking of letdowns here I want to uh I want to bring us into our real MVPs uh and not get let down maybe have some good times and then uh and then do that how does how does that sound for you sir sounds good sounds sounds good <laughs> Uh, the, the, the fantastic ast- the, the Houston asterisk. I, I love it, man. Here's the All right, Elijah. I am not. Uh, I'm not going to lead off with my MVP. I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't make your your fantasy MVP music, despite my absolute want and need for it. Um, it is coming. I think I found the track. I just need to do some recording. So so be on the lookout the next time you drop a fantasy MVP. What do you got for us this week? Well, I'm just my my real MVP uh, is going to be uh, Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Um, I contrary to what like Stephen A. Smith and some other people say, I think he handled the work private workout thing very well. Like if I was him, I wouldn't. They what they were trying to make him do is they were trying to make him sign like a contract that pretty much was saying that since we're giving you this workout again, you can't claim that we're colluding against you if you don't get signed, which I think is bullshit. And I also, they like, one of their stipulations for his workout too is to not have any other media there and no no one but NFL people were able to film anything. We're going to be able to film anything. So they weren't going to let, which is weird to me, like it's a public workout. You would think that they would want media there to like record things and uh, get it out there and stuff, but it was supposed to be they want it to be like just a private NFL workout with no media and no recording besides NFL like doing it. And I like the fact that he was like, Nope, I, you guys aren't going to do that to me because what if, what if they're like, yeah, they just doctor up the high, the like highlights that they record. What if they just sort of doctor stuff up and show if like just bat, like the bad throws or whatever. It just, it doesn't seem very genuine to me. Like, I don't know. I I just I like how he changed at the last second, and I like that some teams actually did show up. And I just I'm glad that he stuck to his guns. So that's my real MVP. I um. And he scored forty for it. me on my fantasy team this week. Uh, who scored forty for you? Colin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna joking. Say, what? I got I got really confused real quick. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <It's> like, 
<laughs> I'll tell you, me and Ryan were talking about that too last night as far as the workout goes and the stuff that we saw. Um, I've never seen somebody throw the damn ball so effortless. I thought about throwing a 50-yard pass like that. Um, my my shoulder would pop out of uh, about four different joints, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I agree. They, they, there's some games being played uh, and some gamesmanship to be had. Um, I don't fault him. Um, I don't fault the NFL for also re-looking out for their interests since they've already settled on stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of like rehashing things. I guess, be, you know, fool me once or, or already having to pay for it once potentially. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, I'm going to give mine, and it's also this could also be considered a spit take, but uh, since I haven't actually ran a full set of spit takes in quite some time, um, Kansas Jayhawks, number one team in the country, uh, recently played the Monmouth Hawks. Uh, are you familiar oh. with the, Mon- the Monmouth Hawks, my dog? Yes, I've heard of them before. Um, All right, so the Mon- I, the I know Mon- where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, this could be great. The Monmouth Hawks were down uh, 112.55 with about 20 seconds to go, and Kansas trying to run out the clock when uh, junior guard George Pappas said, nah, I ain't having Papadopoulos. it. Papadopoulos? <laughs> Nick Papadopoulos. <laughs> Yeah, he was not having it. Uh, decided to steal the ball with 17 seconds left. Um, <laughs> essentially, he's just sneaking up on Tristan, uh, Tristan and Aruna, who is just kind of just dribbling the ball out. She yoinks it from him, drives it, and dunks the ball with uh, with time left on the clock to make it 57. Uh, you know, <laughs> to still lose by you know 50 cents or so. Um, but uh, essentially. He just blew up at the end and said, no, you know, not going to have it. And uh, he ends up getting teed up for, uh, uh, for, I believe, taunting. And I don't think it's fair to get uh, teed up for taunting when you're down 50, personally. I don't care who you are. Uh, my man went down and just said, you know, you're not going to do it in our house like this. Uh, I want, uh, or, you know, you're not going to just sit here and make fools out of us, uh, rather, in your house. And, and we're gonna say that, that you know we're gonna we're gonna put up a fight. So I'm proud of him playing until the whistle is uh, the whistle uh, finally whistled, and uh, he got he got the damn thing done. So uh, you know, cut the lead to 53. Yeah, I I have no problem with him doing that. I mean, <laughs> they weren't really they weren't thinking about they weren't thinking about that while they were kicking the shit out of him like the whole entire game. Like why stop? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I. And I thought it was funny, like if you if you look at him, like he's re- like if you see him after he does it, he's like yelling something, and you can read his lips, and it looks like he's saying like I don't give a I don't give a f or f that yeah. f oh, that yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't give so a fuck. Funny. He was just get, he was gangster, man. He, he just he, yeah. he went uh, like like legitimately like I just now I'm just imagining him on. Uh, on, on Denzel's face when he's about to get beat up by all the uh, uh, everybody in the neighborhood and shit. You know what I mean? Like he was like, "Oh, Pelican Bay, y'all ain't getting shoot down." Guantanamo you know? Bay, King Kong ain't got shit <laughs> on me. And then he just and then and that's when you know Ethan Hawke gets out of there and, and takes his win. Uh, yeah, you know, I play till the whistle's done, man. That's what it's all about, and that's that's what he did, and that's what that's what I respect. I respect that a lot. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, so now we're going to get into your wheelhouse here, man. Uh, I know you recently got set up with the old, uh, DAZN there. I got to know, did you watch that anyway fight yet? I have not. I will oh, though, my. eventually. Oh my God. I'll get I'll, to it. Uh, 
Like you just, I, I was just getting mad at Ryan, who's been sick for two weeks for not watching the dang thing. He knows the outcome. I think everybody knows the outcome at this point. I will watch it. I promise. I, I just, it's, I, visually, I got It's weird. I don't know who recorded that, but if, if I can get that presentation in every boxing match, um, I, I might. I, I mean, it, it literally looked like a movie. Uh, it was real, so good. Um, amazing match too. I really, I really want to talk it with you. So please, please watch it at your earliest convenience. Um, okay, I'll watch it this week. Of, just in a really weird tangent, uh, going backwards with some of their fights uh, on the zone, I had a weird epiphany when I was rewatching some highlights of um, of Kovalev and Canelo. Um, I felt like anytime Canelo looked like he was about to take a big punch, the camera panned to a different angle where it would almost look lesser. You could be right. They they'll probably do that stuff to protect their fighters sometimes, you know, or like sway people who are watching it. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Like that, that's something that you know. So maybe uh, maybe some more uh, shenanigans being had with the video controls uh, for for people uh, near that uh, that Mexico Texas border there. What's what's going on, guys? Um, Obviously, some big boxing fights coming up here, um, and we have one of the biggest rematches uh, that you know that's that's not Joshua Ruiz uh, coming up first. We got Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz scheduled for twelve. Uh, I went back and rewatched some highlights of this fight and looked at some punch stats and um, watched a lot of these interviews and hype videos for it. What what are you thinking of this um, of this fight just on face value? It's gonna be fun. I think it'll be very similar to the first fight um, where, you know, Ortiz kind of ha- kind of has some moments and looks like, looks like he has Wilder on the ropes and then he just kind of runs out of energy and Wilder's able to outlast him just because Ortiz is like 50 years old, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's, he's not a young kid. Did you did you do you know that there's like people out there who think like Ortiz is like way older than what he really is? Because I mean, a lot of times, like some of the like Cuban and um, Puerto Rican and like fighters from that region can they don't really know how old they are. Kind of like how like some of the African basketball players like. People thought Manu Bull might be like well into his fifties when he was playing in the NBA, just because they don't really know how old he was because I'm of his birth, birth certificate are like goofed up and stuff. But <laughs> I mean, like, I think I just I don't think Ortiz, I don't think he has like the, I don't I don't think he I wouldn't say his stamina. I just don't know if he, he has enough to get Wilder out of there, and Wilder definitely can get him out of there. And a lot of it has to do with the age, in my opinion. So, um, let's see. On the last fight, Ortiz was 40 years old. Obviously, another year has passed there. So, he's 41 right now. But he could be um, really 47. <laughs> Leave Greg Oden out of this. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, looking at, again, looking at those stats, man, uh, you know, from the first fight, uh, you know, Wilder landing 28% of his, um, 98 uh, 98 to 346. Ortiz landing 87 out of 363 for 24%. Um, a lot of power, nothing but power between these guys, though, as far as it goes. Um, but plenty of plenty of jabs thrown more more than uh, as far as it goes, uh, more than 
what, 20% of their, I'm sorry, more than 30% of their punches on, on both damn near, actually 60% of their punches were damn near jabs. So, um, you know, but again, these aren't like normal human jabs. These are power jabs. I mean, look at, look at Wilder's straight, uh, you know, I mean, th- things like that are just, just kind of creepy sometimes. So you said that you feel like Ortiz might rock him again. There was that seventh round in the first fight where Ortiz rocked Wilder. We got to see, we got to see Wilder under duress, which was kind of different. Um, he, he put the hands up, he guarded a little bit, but still fought out of it. And, 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 and obviously, uh, ultimately won the fight. Uh, do you think, uh, do you think that was a learning moment for, uh, for Wilder as far as seeing things go? And obviously going forward, we saw it against Fury too. Um, do you, do you think we we will still see a more stable Wilder when it comes to taking shots or do you think, um, he's still going to where we, he still might take that fall? I I think it's going to be like, I don't think he's ever fully going to learn. I think it's just in his style to go after people. And when you go after people like he does, you will leave yourself open. And so far in his career, he's been able to fight like that and survive because he ultimately hasn't really been able to be finished off by anyone. But, and I don't think Ortiz is the guy to do it, but I still think that he's going to make it an interesting fight if you get my drift. Yeah, Ortiz looking exceptionally in shape uh, this time around, too. Looks like he's, he's trimmed up a little bit, maybe tried to get a little bit faster to, 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 to work uh, that conditioning because you could see the gassing occur for him, too, uh, late in those yeah. rounds. Uh, do, you, do you think that it's, the, it's the right mode, or should he have just went power for power and, and try, to, try to outlast that? Do you, or, or do you think that, like you said, the youth has that advantage for, for Wilder that much? Yeah, I mean, if if I was Ortiz, I think I would try and, like, you know, get into better shape. But sometimes just you can can look like you're in tremendous shape, and just when you start to get older, you just don't have as much stamina as the younger guys. And I think it's probably in his best interest to, like, get in better shape. And if he's looking better now, then then that definitely helps his cause. But a lot, like I said, a lot of times it doesn't matter how your body looks when you start getting older. Just, you just don't have, have it, have the, the like energy that, that a younger guy has sometimes it's, it's weird like that. But do you, um, you know, looking forward here, uh, I'm kind of curious. It looks like there was a quote that came out that said, uh, um, you know, Wilder said he's the only one to actually give, uh, only one in the, in the top five to really give Luis Ortiz a, uh, an opportunity. Do you think uh, if, if Ortiz wins this fight, we're going to see him get opportunities against the other uh, mainstays in the heavyweight division? Or, or do you think uh, people will kind of duck and dodge him very similarly to Wilder as, as far as things go? Since, since becoming a champion, a lot of people have just not uh, stepped to the plate wanting to fight Wilder. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think if, if he, Ortiz does win, I don't think Tyson Fury is going to come running to fight him. He's too busy doing WWE shit, which Fury has a right to do, but it, it just bothers me that he's, Fury's talking about how Wilder won't fight him and no one wants to fight him, but then he goes off and, and does this after he's like, 
he's fighting like guys that you've never even Tom Schwartz, like guys you've never even heard of. And then after he fights like two guys who aren't on the level of the guys that Wilder and all the other heavyweights are fighting, he goes and decides to do WWE. It's like seriously. So I think Ortiz is gonna have to try and like get people to like if he wins. I don't I don't think like huge names are gonna fight him. I think he could probably get like someone like Parker or something to fight him, but yeah, Fury. I don't. And, I don't think Fury's gonna jump after him. You don't see, and, and you don't see the winner of Joshua and Ruiz giving that shot either. I Ruiz. I I believe Ruiz would. I don't know about Joshua. Really? Yeah. See, and that's yeah. and that's what I'm curious about because I feel like I feel like I think Ruiz will fight I, anyone. Honestly, I think Ruiz would. I think Ruiz is just that that guy that'll. Then I'll fight anyone. I mean, he decided to take an Anthony Joshua fight on short notice. I, but but I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to say you're going to say no to to a championship fight. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know. So I mean, it's it's different being in that. But now he's in the position of power. I guess is my argument on this one. So I'm just kind of yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a, it's a little different there. You know, obviously he he's he's but he's and, and you know his one loss is uh is against um is against Joseph Parker. So I mean it's. Which I watched that fight and it was a kind of a bad decision. Like a lot of people felt that Ruiz probably won that fight. Um, I would watch it if I were you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give that a shot because uh, I'm I'm kind of curious. The scorecards were definitely really close. Um, both uh, 115, 113, or two 115, 113s, one 114, 114. So. Um, you know, majority decision in a in a what obviously could have been depending on how close a couple of those rounds are, um, pretty damn uh, pretty damn damn in there. So, um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to see if what the what the takeaway from here is. Obviously, if Wilder wins, um, Ruiz Ruiz has to be in the picture as well as um, as well as Joshua if he wins. If Joshua I mean, if Joshua goes another route after winning over Ruiz, um, outside of, you know, you can't do a trilogy back-to-back-to-back. I mean, that that would be kind of dumb. But, um, you know, but, uh, I mean, outside of of Ruiz getting a, a, you know, for the rubber match and and then moving on, um, you know, does Joshua have to, at this point, take on Wilder if he beats Ruiz again? Yeah. Those guys got to those guys have to fight. I mean, <clears throat> if if Joshua doesn't fight Wilder, then he has to maybe try and fight Fury. But he's got to he's got to fight a, like one of those two for his next fight if he beats Ruiz. You just those are the fights that people want to see. Yeah. The sad thing is, you know, what what still might ruin it. Obviously, Fury being the ultimate outlier on this, like you said, hasn't fought anybody, and, and then ends up with these with these great opportunities. Um, if um, Wilder wins, obviously he's already mentioned he wants to finish the job with Fury as well. Um, obviously, uh, speaking on their uh, the draw that happened um, late last year, uh, do you do you think that that would be a similar matchup again? Where um, do you, or I, I think you know. Wilder was very spot on with his assessment going to a uh, post fight where he said, you know, he was trying too hard to load it up. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he got the knockdowns, but, uh, you know, it didn't secure the bag for the win. Um, do you think he would be able to adjust, uh, to, to fury who, 
who by and large probably wouldn't change his style up much. He's always been that unorthodox fighter who's, um, who's active, but doesn't quite, uh, uh, you know, do you, do you see him changing it up enough to, to really throw Wilder off? Or do you think he'd go in with the same game plan, assuming Wilder does? I would go in with the same game plan against Wilder. Like you see, you like, I just guys who can like box, like just, give Wilder problems and Ortiz can box Fury can box um, I, I wouldn't change if I'm, if I'm Fury I wouldn't change my plan up at all I would do what I would do you just have to outlast him like in that situation now, you just have to make sure think- that you just have to make sure that you can outlast him because Fury like trying to go for the knockout would not be smart and and that's my point. Do you think do you think Wilder just 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 yes or no? Do you think Wilder would go in with the same game plan, or do you think he would learn from his his first fight with him? I I don't think Wilder has the capability to be to change his style around. I think he is who he is, and it's good enough, obviously, for him to be one of the best heavyweights in the world. And to be one of the most feared guys in the world, but I just we how many fights has he had, and we haven't really seen him develop any kind of jab or straight punching. I just at this point he is who he is, and I think he should just stick with what's got him where what's got him as far as it has now. I think it's kind of. I'll, I'll implore you to, to rewatch the Ortiz fight. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of jabbing that occurred there that did not happen against the Wilder fight. I will say that, um, or not Wilder. I'm sorry, the Fury fight. But um, but yeah, it's it, yeah, it, it's a good weird triangle. I I'm excited to see how that plays out too. Um, I feel like one one of these giants will be proven to be. Um, um, less than we thought, or maybe a false prophet or uh, of sorts. And, and, and honestly, right now it looks like it's Joshua. Um, Cause I feel like, yeah. I feel like Ruiz might go in and handle business. Um, also on that card with the, uh, with Wilder is uh, Leo Santa Cruz, Miguel Flores. Uh, does that one for a, uh, for a junior lightweight, uh, lightweight title for the vacant WBA? Do you, um, does that excite you a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I like to watch, I like to watch Santa Cruz fight. So, He's fun. He's fun to watch. I don't know too much about the other guy, so. Gotcha. Well, as you know, it's just always good to have a title fight, and actually, this one might even be a triple title fight because you also got Brandon Figueroa, Figueroa against Julio Queja, uh for uh, Queja. Figueroa's uh, uh, WBA uh, regular junior featherweight title. Uh, I can never remember what all these uh, regular interim uh, super diamond. Uh, di- uh, <laughs> Uh, is there a BMF belt in uh, in boxing yet? Can we get one of those? <laughs> Can we get a B? Uh, who's going to be the first one to come out with that one? Um, but uh, you know, so you, I, I like watching Brandon Figueroa too. So you know, th- there's a good trio on there as far as uh, as far as that card goes. So definitely, as far as the worth it goes, I think it's definitely going to be a worth it card. And even if you watch uh, if you watch half the undercards, if you're a big boxing fan, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna see some you're gonna see some quality stuff occur. I I, I really do believe. Um, I think, uh, there's, uh, was it, uh, was Ryan mentioning this I, or did I just read this wrong? I, it was like, it was like Sean Mondragon, 
Mondragon against Juan Centino for six rounds for some junior featherweights. Who? Uh, yeah, right. Sean Mondragon, man. I, I I don't know what's going on with that. Sean Mondragon. Yeah, he sounds he sounds like uh like like you might fight him in uh, uh what was that like samurai game on uh on uh like PlayStation Two. Um. <laughs> Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like it's like That's essentially it. like a sword fighting samurai game, and like, God, what game is that? I used to play that game all the time, and you could like, you could lose if you didn't like fight fair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like Bushido Blade or something. Yeah, um, it was Bushido Blade. That's what it was. <laughs> Sean Mundragon. Um, yeah, that should be kind of a good gimmick. Um, obviously, uh, just recently signed for uh, January. It, it looks like uh, we are going to take a second attempt to see uh, Shields uh, versus uh, Habazin uh, for that uh, WBC, WA, uh, WBO junior middleweight title. Uh, Clarissa Shields still going to try to be the youngest, uh, I believe it was, what, three-weight uh, class champion, uh, trying to beat out uh, uh, Mr. Hightech himself. Um, do you think uh, – is that a fight that you're looking forward to, to, to see that finished off, whereas uh, obviously it, it fell short because of that uh, that ruckus that happened in uh, the press conference? I always like to see Clarissa Shields fight, so I hope it happens soon. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Hopefully yeah, she can be, pull it off. Uh, that'll be uh, – uh, that'll be sh- let's see. What are we going to have there? That's uh, January 10th. That's also going to have uh, Ergashev versus Keith Hunter – uh, for a uh, for an eliminator for that WA junior welterweight, so that'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Did you see? Did you see this whole like Canelo Oscar De La Hoya rift thing? Like apparently no. they don't. Apparently they don't like each other. You know, there's Can- there might Canelo's, be something. Canelo's Canelo's pissed off at him for some reason. I did not see that. Uh, I did see, though, that he had issues with Ryan Garcia. Um, not Canelo, but I'm talking about uh, um, De La Hoya. So, you know, if maybe maybe, it's a, maybe there's some weird business dealings with, uh, with De La Hoya. And, um, and, he, he and, said that. He said there's no loyalty in Oscar. Oh, I believe that. I, I definitely believe that. And let's see here what else. He said, you can see there's no loyalty in him. He changed trainers during his career. He changed managers in his career, so there's no loyalty. That's the way he is. We see it now. I'm a very loyal person. We are a very loyal team. We're still together, but you can see there's no loyalty in Oscar. And it said part of his frustration with De La Hoya was from being stripped of the IBF middleweight title. Um, After him and Derevianchenko didn't fight. Yep. Um, and then uh, so, uh, then Al, uh, Alvarez said the truth is that this is a re- working relationship I'm here to fight I'm not here to speak about legal situations but I've so like I forgot where I've seen it at but I've also seen that Oscar so you know how we always think that Oscar was trying to protect Canelo and stuff yeah I've seen stuff where there's trying to say that Oscar's getting frustrated with Canelo because he won't fight certain people, and it's like, then it's and it's people that like would get Canelo like out of his comfort zone 
or like matchups that don't like totally favor him, which is interesting to me. Yeah, but you know he's still like you know obviously we're, you know comparison to our our heavyweights that we were all just talking about, he still faced top tier talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he went up, to, and here's what I'll say, he went up two classes to, to, to face Kovalev, and yes, we could argue that Kovalev is not the Kovalev of the crusher years, but uh, still, that's a quality opponent, especially if you're going yeah, up to very, weight classes. You know, yeah, so no, it's I, very I don't, quality opponent, and I think that it's still a good win for him, and it's he was taking some risk, but let's not kid ourselves. It's not like he's going up to fight Bivol or Better Biev or something. Like, this... <laughs> He's he's kind of taking it, sort of taking advantage of the situation, but I mean he's like, but he still did it and he still went up. But I'm just, I'm saying like I would, I think I'd rather see him fight like Andrade or Charlo or whatever. I think those guys would give him more run for his money right now than uh, Kovalev would. But that, that's probably a topic for another time. And I kind of got way off the rails, but I just I didn't know if you heard anything about um, Canelo and Oscar's troubles. No, but it does. But again, it doesn't shock me because again, his relationship that I've seen already with Ryan Garcia, and, and again, when it comes to try to get quality opponents, so um, you know, I if he's doing it to young Ryan Garcia, obviously he's I I would not I would not doubt that he's doing it to protect uh, his current cash cow in in one. Canelo, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna favor the fighters on this one. I, you know what I mean? Like Canelo seems like an up and up guy, with the exception of the whole uh, beef uh, brisket fiasco. But but be I'm bolder. not gonna hold that. <laughs> be bold, there, Canelo. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, you know it's yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna favor the fighters on this one. I think I think do there's you, some shenanigans. Do you see the irony though? in like how he came out with that commercial with Sylvester Stallone of all people who Sylvester oh, Stallone yeah. has like been caught Unknown with like steroid user? Yeah. Yes. Giving him giving him a steak. <laughs> older. Oh, I love and, it. Like giving no, him a steak in a commercial. And then super hilarious. Canelo gets caught. Oh my god. Ah, you shouldn't have taken that steak from Sylvester, man. You know? That's the so just the way it is sometimes, man. Um, let's see. Yeah, you know, other big fights coming up. Obviously, you, know, you got Jamal Charlo against Dennis Hogan. Um, Chris Eubanks Jr. against Matt Korboff. And uh, Marlon Tapale is against Ryusuke Iwasawa. Um, Have you seen Dennis Hogan fight at all? Uh, once. Dude, he got he got fucking robbed against that Jaime, whatever that dude's name. I hate that guy. Mungia? Yeah, Mungia, who, like, beats up on, like, fights little dudes that, like, are way smaller than him and kind of just pummels them into the ground because they, they can't punch them and they're not big enough to fight them. That yeah, guy, is such, I, I, Mungia is such a joke, and, like, Dennis Hogan, like, beat him, and Mungia got the decision. Like, one of the worst decisions I've I've seen in a long time. Check that fight out. Like, yeah. Oh, that, it, that's, it that's, the, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I, I you know, it's it, yeah. I mean, it was definitely not one of my, uh, not one of my favorites. Um, speaking of not favorites, uh, I heard one of your not favorites just got a uh, an awesome fight signed for the end of the year here. Uh, <laughs> do you, what do you, do you want to share any feelings about um, about your boy? Uh, um, I don't even want to say Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. 
Oh, I don't hate him as much as Ryan does. Like, I just, I think he's kind of, kind of funny at this point. Like, I don't dislike, I think, I like, I like laugh at him more than I dislike him. Like, Ryan hates him. But I, mm-hmm. I saw that he, I saw that he's fighting Danny Jacobs. Like, smart fight by Jacobs camp. Like, big name. Moving up in weight class, like big name, who's who, like who's still like not very good, shouldn't really challenge you too much. Like, I think it's a pretty smart smart idea for for them to fight him for their first test at that weight class. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's and that's that's one of those things where you talk about that name recognition versus test, right? Uh, unfortunately, you know, still living off of Pop's name, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. does not uh, definitely. Uh, come to mind when you think of great ones in any division at this time. Um, I think Daniel Jacobs will take this one. I, I'd be surprised if it's not, if it's not like a, a six to seven round fight and over. Um, yeah. It was um, like one of the funniest things I've ever seen on like the HBO shows for the boxing stuff is when they're like, he, like everyone's like in his, in his house, like in his like room, they're like, where is he? He's supposed to be training. He, we have to train. Where is he? And he's like, nowhere to be found all of a sudden he comes downstairs and like some like some like calvin klein like pink underwear or something eating some like fruity fruity pebbles in the cereal bowl like all right let's train <laughs> that's that's so bad that's just so bad you, i uh not even not they even like cool moved all, they moved like all of his stuff they moved all the stuff out of the way in his living room and he just like sh- like shadow boxed and stuff in his living room for training one day dang Hard out here, that man. Was, Hard out here for them second-generation yeah. legends. Guy's a perfect example of having a name, like not much talent, but having someone. I mean, um, he lost to Matt. He lost to Matt Vanda. And it's, I was going to say that I was, that was, was going to bring up Matt Vanda, who is the epitome of uh, of training uh, unorthodoxly. As uh, uh, I believe he used to come down to fights with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, no, that's not that's not Matt Vanda. That was Ricardo Mayorga. Matt Vanda uh, was Matt Vanda was a dude who was who's from Minnesota who got built up pretty highly. He didn't fight a ton of people, but he had oh, a yeah, he's the, he was the pride of the East Side. I I know who he is. I I, okay. I, I remember he used to he used to come down to uh to House of Pain, um, but uh, yeah, I, I swear he used to like just smoke cigarettes while he was training though. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, the real, 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 real talk, man. That's that's looking awesome. Um, I thought you were talking uh, about Ricardo Mayorga. I'm like, oh shit. No, yeah, no, Mayorga did the, the damn thing too. Um, obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> we got um, we do got some scheduled. Uh, oh, second weekend. Um, Second week in December, we got uh, a hometown crowd with, uh, let's see, Caleb Truex fighting David Basaj of a mule. <laughs> we'll butcher that one hard. That's at the myth, isn't it? Yeah. I might have to see if I can get to that one. Yeah, that might have to, might have to turn up at the myth and go to Pizza Ranch afterwards. Is uh, is the T Bird still open? We could go to T Birds after that too. <laughs> we going to we going to the birds? Oh man! I remember one night we went there with with Ryan and and 
I think there was a bottle snuck in, and there was all sorts of really weird things that occurred that night. Um, I told a girl she had a muffin top at the White Castle. Um, it was not. I think I was, was there. Yeah, it was. That was a night, man. That was a night. Uh, yeah, so you know, a little fights the myth there. Um, that one's certainly not getting any top billing, and compared to maybe the Richard Comey, uh, Teofimo Lopez, that's going to be on the undercard of that uh, ESPN card with Terrence Crawford and um, uh, Damn it, Ryan cursed me on this one. Kavilaskis, um is. Uh, we should just have Ryan on the show to pronounce all the European fighters' names. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna throw out the bat signal right now and see if he's gonna come in here laughing at me because uh, I'm sure that might be a thing. Um, but uh, and he knew, and, and it's funny because we went over this last night, and I, I was like, oh yeah, I got this. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that's gonna be a good card. A good card on, uh, on um, December 14th. You also got Michael Conlon against uh, Vladimir Nikitin. Um, and then, uh, so, so pretty three solid fights on that new ESPN card. Uh, do you think this is going to be anywhere near a uh, challenge for Crawford or is it just going to be another, uh, surgical display of him? Um, you actually speaking of protected fighters, I feel like, um, Crawford might be one of those names right now in my, in my head. Uh, yeah, do, do you think, I would, uh, no, I think it'll be probably a pretty easy fight for him. Do you think he's a protected, uh, uh, a fighter as far as things go? I wouldn't say he's a protected fighter. I just, right now, I don't know who's out there to fight him. And he seemed to, like, say that he wants to fight Spence. But Spence is like, Camp is like, no, not yet. And I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully he can fight, like, a decent name. But, I mean, Amir Khan was... I would say it was a good fight for him just because yeah. of the, the speed and like the size difference and stuff. I mean, I don't like Amir Khan's not Amir Khan's really fast. I don't know. If, I don't think he's much faster than Crawford, but he was like bigger than Crawford and he like spanked on Amir Khan. So I don't know. I wouldn't say he's protected. I just think he's kind of having a hard, hard time to find like dance partners at this point right now. Yeah. Especially, you know, given the, 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 the shattering of all the dang promotions right now. I mean, you know, you got the DAZN stuff. You got, uh, obviously, you got um, um, ESPN and Top Rank. You got, you know, kind of a, uh, who else you got? You got um, the English guy, Joshua's guy. That's, isn't, that, isn't Eddie Hearn the zone? Uh, Eddie Hearn, I don't... But Joshua's not a – oh, no, Joshua – yeah, you're right, you're right. No, so that's DAZN. Um, yeah, so I think it's just the DAZN top rank that's really throwing things off right now because Showtime doesn't have um, majority of the fighters, at least in the upper upper echelon portion of things. They do have, obviously, Javante Davis, but realistically I don't see Showtime being a problem to, to, to book with these guys as long as they can get the flag on there and, and, uh, and make it happen. I, I, it seems like yeah. Showtime's been a worthy to work with a lot of people. So um, – mm-hmm. You know, you do got the PBC guys, you got the Charlos and stuff like that, but I feel like that's the same situation. They've been they've been easily uh, easily available, I think, for for some fights. So I, I haven't really felt like that was really out of it. Yeah, a lot of it I think is top rank, uh, like Bob Arum, 
Golden Boy and Eddie Hearn. Yep. I know, like, I know, Aaron, I don't think um, Aram and Heyman really like to work together either. So that's another another thing that's kind of rough too. It sucks. But handboxing makes it makes it tough, man. Makes you know you're missing out on quality matchups because everyone wants to, you know, play with the the accounting. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on this weekend, buddy? I just want to. I want to give a shout out to Andrew Wiggins, man. Like, he's uh, he's playing well this year. I mean, he has been out the past couple of games games because there's a death in his family. But man, he's been he's been playing really well this year, uh, scoring the ball. Which I mean, I've always known he can score. I mean, he his third year in, he put up like almost 24 points a game and was trending up each year until Tibbs came to town and kind of turned him into a three-point, tried to turn him into like a set, like a three-point shooter, like just kind of sit out, sit out there and wait for kickouts. Whereas with like Mitchell and um, Mitchell and Saunders, they kind of, they would use them on cuts. They would kind of get them involved, like some mid posts. They'd, like kind of fast break more, and I uh, just I don't think it's coincidence that you know you see you see what he did his third year when he put up almost 24, and you know he dropped he had a couple horrible years under Tibbs, and now his like scoring is back up again. But the nice thing is is that he's starting to add in other facets facets of his game too. Like he's rebounding a lot more than he ever has. He's actually um, facilitating the ball a lot better than he ever has too. So I don't think this this run is a mirage. I think this is going to continue to trend with Wiggins because he's that talented. And I just think he's finally putting the pieces together, and it's kind of it's cool to see. They have had a couple rough games though since he's been gone. Well, um, I see his. He was back against the Rockets, and uh, Harden dropped 49 on us uh, for us to get drummed by 20. 41 shots. Yeah, that, I mean, even even so, I mean, if even with 41 shots, he hit more than uh, would he hit like uh, them like 17 of them? Oh, he was under. He was under. He was under 40 percent, I believe. It's funny. Like, it was funny. There was there was a stat I saw on ESPN that said. Players that hit 40 points, um, like under, like that took 40 to 40 shots to get there, that hit like under 40 percent or something. Yeah, it was James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and then Kobe Bryant twice. <laughs> I will not allow you to besmirch uh, Kobe's name. Um, hey man, but, Kobe's uh, a gunner. <laughs> Probably the best. He he was a gunner, but he was really good. But he was a gunner. You, you know, you know what the difference between him and, and and I'll say Westbrook being being probably being a lot closer as far as it goes. But difference between Kobe and and Harden is obviously is the the ability to play defense. Oh yeah, Kobe's defense is on another level. Yeah, that's uh, ugh. uh yeah. I, so he was sixteen to so forty one. Uh, Harden was sixteen to forty one. Yeah. So that's that's a bad yeah. field goal percentage. 
Yeah, you know, but at the <laughs> But it works I, it's not like, like so it works it works in Mike D'Antoni's offense, you know, like I you like you don't see many I mean like the for all the shots shots that he actually has to take in that offense, it's crazy. I don't think it's him necessarily like being a selfish player because he does he does facilitate well. It's just a product of the offense that he's in where like D'Antoni yeah. wants him shooting all the time. Yeah. I'm passing all the time. Like, you got the green light. <laughs> yeah. I, I could I couldn't imagine like being like in that situation where you're taking like thirty and forty shots a night but you're also put like averaging like almost eight assists a game. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um like, question marks though. That guy's got his plate full. So back-to-back games against um, uh, against opponents, and we've given up 40 points to two-star players. Bradley Beal dropping 44 on us tonight against the Washington Wizards, who, by the way, are three and seven um, when this game occurred. So, you know, what's 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 the missing the missing point there? Is it is it? I mean, Cat's still putting up numbers, so I don't want to say it's his performance. So what's the what's the team aspect that's really letting it down? Uh, we're they giving up big numbers to teams. They don't have a good roster. They're starting a guy named Travion Graham for for God's sakes, who probably wouldn't even get off the bench on a lot of teams. Like we really have Cat Wiggins, who are like legitimate like players. Culver's pretty Cat. good. He's a rookie though. Teague is way overpaid. He's all right, but I mean like. You're starting Travion Graham. Like you probably never even heard of the guy. Uh, I wouldn't know a Travion Graham if you put him in a lineup. Yeah. So I don't even know what school, like, what school he went to. Outside of Towns and Wiggins, I just don't think there's a ton of talent on his team. Okogie's kind of not like he's been kind of. Not he hasn't made the progression that I think that a lot of us were thinking he was going to this year. It's just they just they don't have a ton of talent on their team. I mean, they're playing Shabazz Napier decent minutes. I uh, I just with outside of Wiggins, I mean Jake Layman's pretty good, but he's a, he's a good bench guy. I mean. Listen to this roster. Oh, it's trash. <laughs> you don't even Jordan, say Jordan Bell's pretty decent, but I don't think he's. I don't really think Jordan Bell's played much this year. Jordan Bell's decent. Um, yeah. Robert Covington is decent. Jarrett Culver, Gorgie, Travion Graham, Jake Lehman. You probably never heard of Kellen Martin. You've probably never heard of Jordan McLaughlin, who was up here for a little bit, but now he's back in the D League. Mm. Shabazz, is it and the, the G League Yeah, G League, whatever. <laughs> Jalen Newell, Josh Akogi, Nas Reed, who's also in the G League, Jeff T, Carl Anthony Towns, Noah Vonley, and Wiggins. Like, they don't have a good roster. That's just all it is, and they really need Towns and Wiggins to, like, really be on their A games to even compete. 
Yeah, right now we're sitting in the eighth seed. Uh, I know it's too early to be talking playoffs, but at the same time, in a, in a competitive West where the Lakers, uh, I believe, cruising tonight's victory over the Hawks um, with Kobe Bryant in attendance. Shout outs to Kobe. Um, let's see. Kobe. You know, the Rockets 10 and 3. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if. Uh, you know, the, if we we're going to keep uh, keep this up, given that given again when you go up and down that roster, we're just under undermatched, especially those top tier teams. Um, speaking of teams adding uh, depth to the roster, Trailblazers signed uh, signed a, a high profile free agent uh, this week. Uh, what do you think about the Mellow pickup? If he is finally willing to accept a role where he's coming off the bench and pretty much being a spot like a spot up shooter because he's a good catch and catch and shoot guy he just sometimes he just doesn't fit well because I think he's still like thinks he's playing at a lifetime in his videos like in the videos <laughs> that he posted him like playing pickup ball where he's still like dominating playing pickup ball but I mean he adds like some shooting and some scoring it just depends on how how he decides to fit in the role I guess but I think yeah, it could current. be good if he, it could be good if he decides to like know like know his role and realize he's not the Camarillo of old. Yeah, you know if if they're gonna if they're gonna be placing him in front of uh, Nasir Little, that I think that's gonna be an upgrade um, overall, even 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 as far as that goes. I mean, yeah, uh, you know. So I mean, I, I I don't even know if he's if he's necessarily gonna be a bench guy. To be perfectly honest, he might he might be getting in that starting five. Um, but, uh, but, you know, and, and I don't, I'm curious if they're going to, uh, do, do they, uh, do they, do they wait to debut them after the trail or after the Houston Rockets game? Cause I don't, or do you, do you want that one to get those, uh, I, I don't know how the revenue sharing works in the NBA, but that's a, that's a home game for the Rockets. Do, do the trailblazers get a little extra piece if they, if they play mellow that game? I don't think it matters. <laughs> like his his run in Houston was so uneventful that I think a lot of people probably might have already forgotten that he played for Houston. Pop pop I don't know why why does it sound like Bobby Pacquiao, but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's just not worth Blow blow, pow pow. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, is it surprising that the Celtics are ten and two right now? No, I mean, maybe, yeah, probably. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, their, like... their their schedule right now seems very juicy outside of three games. Uh, the first uh, three out of the four games were uh, were a little tough. You got uh, you got the Seventy Sixers on the road. Uh, you had the Raptors on the uh, you had the Raptors uh, at uh, at home, then you went on the road at the Knicks, but then you had uh, the Bucks at home. So you're still at home for two of the two of the three big games. Um, after that, they played a crappy Cavs team, a crappy Hornets team, a um, always weird Spurs team, a good Mavericks, but then Wizards, Kings, sell, uh, Wizards, Kings, and Warriors in the last four games. Um, a little favorable, I think, but uh, it's still an interesting team to say the least. Obviously, they're they're going to be competitive in that East as far as the top three echelons go or top four teams. So, um, yeah, I mean they have talent. They have Walker. They have they had Hayward. He's out. He broke his hand. Who is like Hayward is off to a pretty good like 
a pretty good start this year, too, before he broke his hand. They have Tatum. They have Jalen Brown. I mean, they have they have a talented team. So I'm not, like, I guess I'm not super surprised that their record is what it is this early into the season. But, I mean, they, they're beating the teams that they probably should beat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Next couple games should be interesting against the young Suns team, the Clippers uh, and Nuggets. So uh, next three games will definitely be interesting for them. Uh, anything else you're looking forward to in the coming week, month, days, or, uh, or we just, uh, we just count down to start our, our, our work week. I, I am still looking forward to see the Gophers play Wisconsin. I mean, obviously they got to beat Northwestern first, but. That that should I happen. I think I think me, you, and uh, nine guys, we're gonna score some points on Northwestern. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to seeing Wilder and Ortiz fight. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a solid. Well, that, that'll be the highlight of uh, next week, um, and then obviously the weekend after will be the 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 other game that you talked about that Minnesota and uh, that Minnesota and Wisconsin matchup. Will game day be in the house? We'll find out. Uh, for for Elijah, I am Jordan. This was. Uh, you and your homies, Sportscast Radios. Make sure you hit that uh, that follow button, like button on your favorite streaming service, uh, iTunes Music, iHeartRadio, all that jazz. Uh, deuces. The Google. <laughs> the Google. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.